July 13, 2020. It's the Watford Pedro Show.
Well, for Pedro Show, happy Monday. Just got a call. I guess, you know, I haven't played with anybody in real time. I've been recording, composing buttloads, but it's more like the trade files. The other night, though, from Tokyo, Nobuyuki and Brother June from the light guys at Tokyo tried to get this kind of in real time going where I can play with them. And uh, so that was the first time I actually played with people without trading files, you know, one at a time. But now I just got a call maybe an hour ago from Peter and Perk of Porno for Pyro. Oh, wow. And they went uh, Wednesday to do four songs. Uh, I guess Pear wants to do some kind of Lollapalooza via YouTube.com or something. Oh, wow. So now these are songs I ain't played in 24 years. You hear another voice there, listeners, because even though Brother Matt's there at the Love Grotto, quit quarantino mode, you know, three miles south of here. I am not man alone because due to the genius software programmers in Estonia with their Skype invention, I got Brett Nash with me from Charleston, South Carolina. Howdy. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. And, and right before we started the show, we were reminiscing about South Carolina playing there because uh, actually the two towns that I mainly played was Columbia, of course, and Charleston. And his buddy made the connect with me Dylan, the Dear yeah. Blanca people, and we, we all shared the stage. What was the name of that pad in Charleston? It was a little, a little Royal, Royal American Royal American Club because it was, yeah. wasn't really on the water. It was on the road coming into town. Yeah, like you can see the water from it, but like it's kind of through some marsh. You can see the river from it, but yeah, it's a it's more or less on the water, but not quite. Yeah, so it, across some railroads. It, it reminded me of the area of like one of those because uh, there was a diff- bunch of different. <laughs> locations for that one pad god what was it called the farm oh the music farm the music farm yeah 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 that's been a bunch of different places yeah and one of them was out on that road but then one was downtown where the fucking trade and selling people was going on oh yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) weird karma charleston's got a history yeah (laughs) well every place does here in pedro in 1923 the ku klux klan marched on the wobbly hall and guess, oh, wow. guess what the, uh, the 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 issue was immigration. Oh, uh, almost hundred years ago, right? Wow. So in in California, Southern California. So forget all them stereotypes. There's lots of assholes everywhere. We're trying to. It's everywhere. They yep, are we're everywhere. trying to yeah. fix that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and anyway, uh, there was another town though. It's a college town in the West. What's the t- Clemson? Probably Clemson. Right? Yeah, Clemson is the name of the school. Is that the name of the town too? Uh, it's like this kind of small town, maybe Greenville. Greenville. Greenville that's town. what it's called. It's yeah. called Greenville. Yeah. Okay. And, and and what what I remember, I don't remember much about the gig. It was the the double nickels on the dime tour. So we're talking July in South Carolina. It's just very calm weather. I'm trying to think. Maybe it was like a Ground Zero was a place. Oh, you know what? You might be right. It? You might be yeah. right. But what I remember most, or at all. Was the opening band was called the Peach Puffins. Ooh, you don't forget a name like that. Oh no, yeah, I'm gonna have to do some research on that. It was a little, little little bit of skinny tie there, a little wave, a little wave. (laughs) But that's okay. In fact, there was a station. God, the 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 boss there was really cool. People. His name was Woody. It was called the Wave, and he would put Ah, on some gigs. You know, he'd sponsor some gigs I'd play. There used to be a sport, uh, sports bar downtown Charleston called Miskins or something. 
I've Michigan. Yeah. yeah, and get this. Somebody gave me the Satanic Majesty uh, Solomon Rusty book. I put on the amp. The, I had a Hackstrom bass I just put together. Headstock just came off. I looked back. The book was gone. I never bought it. Rebought it. Oh, man. Yeah, you'll fuck. <laughs> so that's my Michigan's. But there was a cat it's named somewhere Woody. In Charleston somewhere. So I, I got, you know, I got some good memories back there. But, but what's really neat is. Uh, uh, talk to you know uh, a bass player. Your buddy Dylan had me on board oh, for yeah, his, Cam, his show, his, uh, right? And Cam, we talked about bass players because there's a guy from South Carolina that's incredible influence on me. He ends up in Detroit. James Jamerson. Well, he ends up in Los Angeles, but in between, he's got Detroit and yeah, James Jamerson. Yeah, I think everybody on bass guitar owes this guy. Definitely. So. Thank you, South Carolina, for making a bass man like that somehow. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he played with one finger and shit came from the stand-up world. But he was so innovative. I think he's the first guy. Because I think other bass players before that, you know, serious guys on stand-up, they thought the bass guitar was a toy. Right. And, and James Jamerson was like, no. He made it real. Yeah. In fact, you're going to hear this on AM radio um, Motown songs. Those right. little Right. Those little speakers and stuff. And just the way he swung, and it wasn't like, of course, in reggae, you know, family man, he's big, big man and right. big sound. James A. Bogart he ain't reggae, but he's swinging that thing. But uh, <laughs> look, look, we should tell people, we uh, start off with, I want to talk about you, John Coltrane, uh, live, 1961. And then, <laughs> I thought this was appropriate tune. It was called Intro. <laughs> from this, oh, uh, yeah. Prod, you got called Vanity Plates. Yep, yep. Okay, we'll get to that, but let's go all the way back there, Brett. Your earliest musical recollection. Uh, it's got to be, it's a, It's probably a tie between either uh, starting piano lessons when I was five or listening to Steely Dan in my dad's car, basically. One of those two, tie for both. Yeah, I heard Donald Fagan doesn't play a lot later on. I think he's on the first album. So th- there was a piano in the pad. Where, where, where was the pad? Uh, this is in actually Charlotte is where I first started out. Okay. Moved from Charlotte to Rock Hill to Charleston. Milestone, yeah, right? Yeah. Milestone. Yeah, yeah. Paradocto well. Club and a uh, bunch yeah. of places I've played there. There was some yeah. kind of a like cultural center trip thing that I would play. I can't remember its name right now. But, uh, Ooh, I'm curious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a couple different pads. But anyway, uh, so there's a piano in the pad. Now... You know, people we've had on the show have had some terrible experiences with learning piano. My, well, for me, it was kind of, my parents were like, do you want to learn piano? And I was just like, all right. And uh, it was, it was good for a while. I kind of just being a kid kind of got burnt out. And that's when I later on started moving to drums. But like, it was, I don't know, like the, I, I was, I wish I was better at practicing. Oh, so you think it was I your was. fault because it seems the consensus is usually the fucking teacher. Yeah, my teacher was good. I, oh, I don't okay. want to blame it on her. She was, okay. she tried. <laughs> now, no, no, your parents, they're players? Uh, my dad, he, he played trumpet and uh, he, um, he played like a little piano, but it was like mostly trumpet. I tried trumpet for a second and third grade, but none of the wind instruments I could could, can't really pull off the window. Yeah, I was going to ask you about school. You tried out for the like the marching band or choir. Yeah, like yeah, I ended up doing percussion and marching band and drumline and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for the football games. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, I asked that because some schools get rid of their music programs. 
I mean, even if you're fucking blowing a horn for the football game, it's better than nothing. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, somehow, somehow I, I think all the schools I know of in South Carolina still got music programs. Actually, like the marching band in my high school was like super competitive. We do like, you know, the shows, like the competitions. On, oh, we yeah. do the football game on Friday and the competitions on Saturday thing. Sure, and It got sure. kind of competitive, honestly, yeah. Yeah, the inner city here in L.A., me and Petty Bone go to prep basketball games and you would not believe yeah it wasn't just like you know yeah john philip souza corny stuff. right right it was like jamming ass percussive really tight fucking happen so uh what was the first record you bought for yourself brett um that would have had to have been uh a little record by chumba wumba called tub thumper oh okay I, I heard that song um uh what was it called i do tub thumping and then uh, on the radio, I just like listened to the alt rock radio, where I was like, "That sounds cool." And then um, turns out, strange enough, I think they're like this anarcho punk band from Leeds, and that was like kind of their first. No, I know about them because me and Kay and Dose got to play three gigs with them. Oh, really? I wouldn't oh, shit you, Brett. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> it was wild, you know. And, and the opening, uh, the other act, we were the opening act. The middle act was Viv Libertine because. These guys were total like students of Crass. Right, okay. Even though they were leads, Crass was out on some commune. But there was some kind of connection between them. And Viv sang, and she had her son, Nemo, play guitar. With oh, her. wow. So, so we had a member of Crass on the bill. And one of the gigs was actually here in Pedro. So we've had uh, Chumbawamba. And then Maeve Mills, I've had him out on the show and stuff. A good guy and... They were of yeah, self-contained kind of DIY. Made their own shirts, the, their own, uh, and, and a, a bunch of different people in the band. What, what, what about the first gig you saw? Uh, that would have probably not soon after that. Actually, my mom was a huge Jethro Tull fan, so I probably eight years old, I was second row for a Jethro Tull concert. Yeah, I saw them that a couple was times. Great, honestly. But yeah. People don't know how huge they were. They were gigantic. Yeah. They would do was, like four nights in a row at the forum here. Damn. Yeah. yeah. They were like, I kind of, it's weird. I've only ever really heard that much about them from my mom more than like anywhere else. But Well, you know, a lot of I things remember. are just in their little era. It's hard for like Led Zeppelin or who. There's not really a lot of bands like that. Like they're giant, but they're only for that period. Right. Right. You know, so, and it's happened. It happens these days. People bring up people that I don't really know of, you know, but. Uh, but to a niche audience, they're like the biggest thing. So. You know, I want to play you something else from uh, Vanity Plates that you gave me. It's called uh, Lie to Effects. Sounds good.
でもない幸せでもなく不幸せでもない何もしたくないけれどどうしていいのかわからない
Well, for Pedro show, we heard, yeah, Vanity Plates, Lie to FX. I remember there was a song called FX on the fourth uh, Black Sabbath record. It's longer, oh, yeah. on, it's longer on the England version. Also, Snowblind has him saying uh, cocaine or something. Yeah. <laughs> they, they recorded that in California, by the way. Uh, Dear Blanca, they got a new record called Perched, and there's a tune on it called Overpass. I might have, you know, Tom Watson, the uh, missing man guitar player that you played, shared the stage with at the yeah. American Royal. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a band called Overpass. But you know oh, what really? we, you know what, I wouldn't shit you, Brad. But you know what we called it. <laughs> Wait a second, sorry. <laughs> you know what we called it. What? Underpants. <laughs> Overpass, you know. It's close enough, close enough. Okay, <laughs> then uh, Few and uh, Seichi Yamamoto after that with Hana. Light, those are the guys I told you I was talking with. I'm, I'm, I think next week I'm going to try to do a little... Uh, Jamming over 6,000 miles away in real time. We'll, see, we'll check it out. <laughs> uh, uh, disheveled Cuss after that with Wanna Be My Friend. And uh, Nick Reinhardt, that's his new band, and he might be part of that too. He, he, awesome. Terramelos guy. But he's, he oh, yeah. also, I did a project with Nels Klein and Greg Sarnier of Deerhoof called Big Walnuts Yonder. And it was all yep. for Nick. Yeah. So he could, because he says, what's, what's a guy on your first opera like? I said, you want to know him? Play with him. <laughs> right? Yeah, the best way. Yeah. All right. Then Thorn Friends after that with the Escapist theme out of Austin. Pat Smear, Germs, his second solo album, Creep Street. Uh, and then finally, uh, Let Myself In, another project uh, sent me two slices. So, mm -hmm. Brad, what about the shit where you're uh, after school in the basement or the garage or the bedroom, those kind of bands? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of had like in middle school, it was just like me and my friend, I think we primarily just played with each other doing, uh, Jimi Hendrix covers and Weezer covers. And then, uh, and you're, Brad, you're stick man, you're stick man with a beat in the hand, right? Yeah. At that time. for So sure. are you doing, kinda, are you doing Mitch Mitchell or are you doing Buddy Miles? Ooh, probably more on the Mitch Mitchell side. Okay. <laughs> Cause both are good, you know. But they are a yeah. little oh, yeah. they are a little different. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so go on. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh no, you're good. Um and then I kinda had like a little high school band that was just kind so of you, uh, uh, let me get this straight. So you guys are just kind of learning songs off records? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like me just, and D yeah, that's how me and D Boone did it. We didn't write songs until we got into the movement. Yeah, and rock it's kind of the same thing in like Rock Hill, like I it wasn't much like original music. That's where I kind of grew up in like high school, middle school time. And it was just kind of like, oh, bunch of people getting together and playing covers. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. And this band didn't have a name. Uh, uh, named after uh, my one of my favorite things when I was uh, 12 years old. It was a microwavable chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a good name. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 12-year-old me would have been proud. Not microwave chicken, but microwavable. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can put, cook it in the oven if you want, I guess. Okay, yeah. but no gigs, right? No, no. We're just in a living room, just hanging out, playing. Well, what, we what about the first band? Anything. What about the first band you're in that does gigs? 
Uh, the first band I actually was in that did gigs probably wasn't till college. Um, it was kind of a, a friend of a friend of mine. Uh, it was like, uh, I kind of knew a guy. We were talking about starting a ska band, of all things. Yeah. And then uh, his uh, girlfriend at the time was like, well, I don't know any ska, but if you want to be my drummer, I'll do that. And then, like, she was kind of like a huge social butterfly in the like kind of underground charleston scene and so my first gig was at this house show and it was amazing because it was just like all these people who were stoked to see us and the house was packed and uh that that, that band was i don't know if i already said it's called um rock paper sexy <laughs> and you guys doing original stuff yeah yeah she wrote all the songs yeah wow now i should have asked you about the drums what what was your first drum set uh, well, my first drum set was, well, I kind of, the whole reason I even got into drums is I remember like there was some like church talent show and then, uh, there was just some drums out and then I don't even know why I just jumped up, jumped on the drums and I started like, I couldn't even reach the kick pedal, but, uh, just like at church I did the Yeah. And then I just like, it was like in the gym or something yeah. and there was like some like, um, and then I had like just the floor tom and the snare, and then I just started playing the like you know the classic do 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 and then like people just started getting up and dancing, and I was like, ooh, I could I could get used to this. Yeah. And then I started playing a lot more drums. You'd be surprised, though, Brett. If you go back to old rock and roll, a lot of it came out. Well, the guys who ended up like Little Richard and Elvis Presley, they learned music in church, so there's a, there is a connection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there is a connection. Probably also like singing your brains out and stuff, letting loose, you know, that mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. vibe and stuff. So it ain't too weird. Uh, but but that was their set. What, did you type it? <laughs> no. Well, I, I eventually, uh, once I started doing like percussion and band, uh, I got like the cheapest of the cheap, like the starter drum set from like uh, Sam Ash or whatever. It was like, I think it was called Starian and like the symbols just like if you played the symbol and then you played the trash can lid you would notice no <laughs> difference in tone kind of thing now now where'd you do pratt uh just at my house really where in the bedroom uh we had like where the piano was it was kind of like kind of the music room it was like where some okay. junk was stored in the corner and then the other half like had drums and the piano but, but they were they were they were cool with the bam bam Somehow, yes. I I think there's a few times where they're like, "Couldn't you play like a little quieter?" But overall, they're cool. Did you do the thing like George Hurley did, like put the headphones? He he got Happy Jack, and what's the ones that uh, Billy Cobham Spectrum? Yeah, he got those two records, and he taught himself drums by just putting on headphones and beating the shit. That was yeah. I actually um I think it was. Not, man, actually, I, I remember listening to uh, Spectrum a good bit then, but honestly, probably what I... You know that Spectrum about, record? I think it was the first gold record by a drummer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that, what is it? Red Baron on there. I love Two that part one. ones and two Snoopy and the Red Baron. Right? And then, yep, yep. Uh, but the, I remember Georgie loved the first song. I think it was called Quadrant Four or something. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. For sure. <laughs> but what a weird mixture. And I, I actually saw Malavishnu Orchestra with Billy Cobham. Oh, wow. John McLaughlin stuff. Yeah, three kick drums. He didn't play them all at one time, but <laughs> it depends how his body was turned. But but to mix that with Keith Moon, it was such a strange... It's just like Dee Boone mixing John Fogarty with Buck Dharma. 
There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So people ask why the Minutemen sounded weird. <laughs> That's it. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know uh, parts is parts, right? And you exactly. are, you are exactly. with, you, with you chow or whatever. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour. July 13, 2020, this Watt Peter Show. Special guest, Brett Nash. Hold tight for hour two. July 13, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
I do not watch anything or read anything uh, that doesn't uh, have any kind of, in other words, if the Holy Family cannot come in with the child Jesus and watch it with me, I don't watch it. Today we no longer have kings, but we do have leaders who determine the spiritual and moral direction of the true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you must have that true religion. True religion and your soul converted. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we call for the doctor and the doctor come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you call for the doctor and the doctor come, baby, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you call for the doctor and the doctor come, the mother said, doctor, can you save my son? Then you must have that true religion, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, the doctor lived and he looked so sad, baby, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, the doctor lived and he looked so sad, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the doctor lived and he looked so sad, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you must have that true religion. True religion and your soul converted. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the mother was sitting by the bedside crying. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the mother was sitting by the bedside crying. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the mother was sitting by the bedside crying, praying to the Lord, my child has died. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the son said, Mother, don't you grieve and cry, baby. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the son said, Mother, don't you grieve and cry, baby. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, the son said, Mother, don't you grieve and cry. You know your child was born to die. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you must have that true religion. True religion in your soul converted. Then you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you must have that true religion. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Well, for Pedro, show start off the second hour with composition with red, blue, and yellow. John Bias. Now, this doesn't say John Bias and Brett Nash, so you were you were aiding and abetting. Yeah, that, this is kind of a project where John Bias, it's a friend of mine. Tobias is where he goes by, but he kind of he kind of just gets different cats from around and just. I think every he he had a thing where he's like every single he had like a completely different band. So I played uh, drums on that one for him. And I uh, wanted to give him a little little love since he kind of just involves everybody. He's just a total sweetheart. And uh, that was a fun one. It was just he's me Charleston. and my friend Dakota. He's a yeah. Charleston guy. Yeah, because when do you make the move from Charlotte? Uh, basically, when I uh, went to college, I just kind of went to college oh, in Charleston. Okay. Okay. And then just been here since kind of thing. Yeah, there, there's a school there, too, I think. In uh, Charlotte? or Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe UNCC. I mean, I guess there's a couple. Of I know. Places. I know uh, Gastonia is where James Worthy's from, but he went to school. You know, all the uh, the real hoop is over there by the uh, Triangle, dude. Totally, and, totally. And, and Tar yeah. Heels and Wake Hills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Forced. Yep. Forced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait. What? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Um, we yeah. got we got a graveyard here called Forest Hills. <laughs> In fact, I went to high school. This guy and his sister was Windy Hill and his brother was Rocky Hill. Yeah, his parents were jokers. Wow. Rocky Hill, what a name. Yeah, Rocky Hill, Windy Hill, and, and Forest, oh, and and Forest Hill. Hill. Wow. He names them after yeah. the graveyard. A lot of <laughs> Hollywood people are in Forest Hill. Um, <laughs> then we had Maya with Another Glass, uh, Louis Cole Fletcher and Brad uh, Mahidao with uh, Real Life. The Magnet Hearts, that's Jonathan Hall with uh, Temescal Ca Canyon. All of the Places I've Never Been, New Hard Folk. Scott H. Birum with True Religion. And finally, Southern Femisphere, mm -hmm. something new. Now, are these like projects you were doing when you got yeah, to college? Yeah, over the years. Okay, over the years. Okay. Yeah. Because when you're a drummer, man, you're in demand if you got a fucking beat in your hand, right? That's true. That's true. And it's it's funny because actually recently, I've honestly been gravitating more people having me play bass. I guess bass is a little bit... I, I kind of just fill in the cracks wherever someone needs me, basically. Look, uh, if you ask me, even though it looks like a guitar, it's got strings and things, all the notes are where the drum is. Kick drum, yeah. toms. Yeah, it's much closer to a drum set in... in I also have this other philosophical idea that if you could play drums, since it's fucking rhythm music, you could play all the other things. I'll, I'll take it. Good. That, that I don't. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Missing Man, but do you remember I had drums right up front. Yeah, exactly. Vanity and th this was the, that. Yeah, that was yeah. a big mistake that the Minutemen made. George Hurley <laughs> should have never been in the back. <laughs> right yeah he's crazy but up front well well you know it's ridiculous you know in a way you know it's like you're kind of in denial and all these jokes saying drummers aren't really musicians and they're stupid you know chico hamilton couldn't get songwriting credits oh this was a jazz drummer that georgie was really into and uh yeah it was like what they can't write me like when i did that stuff for nick for big walton Walnuts Yonder, and he did an interview, and he said, yeah, Watt had some bass lines. Like, they weren't songs, you know, with verse, chorus, and now they're just bass lines. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's something, though. That's, That's something. Okay. 
Well, you know, I, I think a lot of reggae, a lot of R&B, probably do, uh, funk starts with a good bass line, but you still need parts, right? Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I think Carrie Nielsen, Lime in the Coconut, I think that's one mm -hmm. part. Some songs, I think American Woman is one part. There's some songs oh, yeah. that have one part, yeah. Mm -hmm. Bass on the rest, yeah. Okay, what about this Phalene? So that's a um, friend of mine, uh, Jenna Phalene's like a middle name. And uh, oh, okay. she like she had like kind of a more of a folky kind of thing going on. And um, she kind of wanted to start doing a lot more rock stuff. So she kind of called upon me to let like uh, I think the song that I gave you is kind of she had a vocal melody and, a, uh, and lyrics and she was just kind of like. Uh, play some guitar under this and we'll come up with something. So that was kind of new for me to have lyrics and a melody already there and just having to build under that. So that she's actually in the next room right now and we're roommates and I've been kind of like recording with her. So. Oh, bitching. Okay, let's yeah. listen. This is called Crystal Mare. Everyone is 
Off from Pedro's show. Yeah, Crystal Mayer. Not to be confused with anything else, people. By failing. And this is uh, this is helping you uh, approach music a little different, the composition. Yeah, ex I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the way I write music is I'll like kind of start with like a guitar riff and then eventually work my way to vocals and lyrics or something like that. But this was kind of the first time where like she come to me and like, all right, I got these lyrics, I got this vocal melody, I'm just gonna start singing, play under it, and then that's what we. I think that was actually Crystal Mars, which you just heard was written oh it's in, mars that ain't an e that's an s mayor <laughs> i thought it sounded weird yeah 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 it's a fucking <laughs> eyeballs are screwed up yeah people it's 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 crystal mars yep, yep. Mayor. now now well, we're you know in high school when you were doing the drums did they mm -hmm. you learn how to sight read for drums right yeah yeah the like little like you have the little X's for the symbols at the top. Because and then the you drums would, yeah, right. Staff. Every well, every drum has its own note. Yeah, the little X's on the staff. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, they don't last that long, but they still have you know a little bit of note. Yeah. Because yeah. I have a buddy, she's a big uh, session drummer in Tokyo, and man, she don't even have to even hear the fucking song. She just plays straight, straight. Yeah, she she's been well Yamaha. You know, you know they make drum sets. Well, over there, they thought, fuck, let's make some schools to go with it, right? So right out of high <laughs> school, right out of high school, she went to one of these fucking schools, and they, she got it down. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to aid and abet somebody help realize their music. And that's why I'd like people to know, because there isn't really one way, right? Yeah, exactly. It's That's what I've slowly learned is you can do it any way that works best for you, pretty much. Right. Or the collab, right? The uh, in between, the dynamic in between the exactly the communication, yeah. Right, right. And uh, then, then uh, white light, white heat, velvet cover, call the ambulance, Peter Lochner from the old days in the Cleveland scene, uh, groove Phil ratio. That's brother Phil up in the Big Bear with evening star, tomorrow the world, and finally. Now, this project, I think that you're pretty much involved in nowadays, Secret Guest with uh, Decimated yep. Dreamland number two. Mm -hmm. Don't want yep. to ask about number one because, you know, <laughs> the last song on the last Credence record with Tom Fogarty, right? It's called mm -hmm. Rude Awakening number two. And I'm guessing there's no number one. Well, it might be, but I don't know where it or is. I don't know. Now, now <laughs> I don't know where it is. But it's the most fucked up, weird Credence song you ever heard. I think it's got backwards Ooh. mandolin. Yeah, the album's called Pendulum. Tom quit after that. Tom only wrote one song for that band, even though it was his band, right? Weird. Yeah, his, bro his little brother took it over. Well, they only lasted a couple years. All those six albums is like 68 to 70. It's oh. Incredible. Yeah. You just expect that they've been around for like at least 10 years. Just Well, they were probably playing, you know, the circuit, whatever, but that was up there in that Northwest Bayou around Berkeley. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very far Northwest Bayou. But anyway, there's a song that Tom Fogarty wrote, the only one he wrote for Creedence, but it was covered by Richard Hell and the Voidoids. It's on his first, uh, the first Voidoids album. Whoa. And when oh, I wow. asked Richard Hell about that, he said that was Bob Quine's idea. Ah. <laughs> so... Yeah, wherever it comes from, you know, and then where you take it. It's all the dynamic between the people. And uh, I, where do you, where do you, uh, this lady, Faley, where, where do you mm -hmm. uh, 
you're doing bass for her or guitar? Uh, well, it kind of, like when we play live, it's interesting. She, for a while she was playing some guitar, but she, she's kind of gotten to this area where she's like, I don't want to play instruments. I just want to sing. And so it's kind of right now, the core band is me, her, and, uh, my friend, Michael Milam, who's also the drummer for secret guest. And I kind of, some of the songs I just play guitar and I try and play it through two amps. So it's like little fuller, like one amps, a little more on the bassy side. One's more on the trebly lead stuff. And then, uh, sometimes she'll play some guitar and I'll play bass. Sometimes I'll just play bass depending on the song, basically. Oh, so it's kind of a journey. You go, you guys uh, take all kinds of landscape. It ain't one tune over and over. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Damn, I got to hear some more. Uh, well, you guys record more. You got to flow me some, okay? And oh, yeah, then, and then, uh, yeah, this uh, secret guest thing. Well, we're we're coming up to the end of the second hour here, so uh, we'll talk about that. Hour three. Uh, people, July 13, 2020. Peter Show special guest, Brett Nash. Hold for, tight for hour three. July 13, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. All right, let's get this fucking show on the road.
but it's pumping too fast. It, it's just way too thick, so there's no way this could last. But all I want is to feel the My heart's pumping blood, but it's not pumping love, and that's all.
All right, swear to God, one more, one more. Sorry, it's late, I know. I don't even want to look at what time it is. We're going to get out of here, I swear to God. I'm not going to keep you hostage much longer. This is an old one into a classic. Well, from Pedro Show, we started the third hour off with Secret Guest doing Joker City. This is live stuff. Red gave me. Crane after that with Misunderstood. Uh, Nomad Eel stuff with Dream Phases doing Flesh and Blood. Black Moon Tape, Summer 97. <laughs> oh, yeah, way back in the summer of 97. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what was it? I think I was doing, that's my first opera. No, it caught a plate in the end, uh, Then Zigzags after that with Magic Live on KXLU, which is trippy. It's a Jesuit school, but most free-form, open-ended radio show ever. Love it. Interesting. And Stella's still there. Stella from Stray Prop. Maybe 30 years she's had her show there. Wow. She graduated. She got the, the the sheepskin, but she never left the job. And finally, no <laughs> buzz. Live secret guest. Tell us the story of secret guest. Uh, just kind of. I had another band, which sorry I didn't send you these songs called Boring Portals with a friend of mine, and they just that just kind of everybody else got their own band, and kind of I was the only one who really kind of cared, if you will. And then I wanted to write my own songs, so I started a secret guest and uh it was kind of a half and half thing i think i have some stuff like from i I recorded one album like by myself and then one album with a band to try and see how the two would compare and uh hold on there brett you mean you put together a band and then you just had a whole band well yeah it's well i think my original idea just because i was having a hard time with people like kind of flaking out on the band i was like yeah. oh this will be me and then a revolving cast of players whoever wants of course though the people i picked ended up like making themselves a distinguished part of it that was like kind of irreplaceable okay. but uh it was kind of formed that way it would be i was i feel like at the time i was just seeing a lot of bands where everything was planned out to a t and like watch these sets for like i know exactly what note they're going to play this songs are going to be in this order even like the banter is like this is where they say this banter oh, here man. and i kind of wanted to do the opposite of that yeah like, i think the f- first songs i purpose some of the songs i purposefully didn't even have completed lyrics because i wanted to see what i would say when the uh time came when the song came up and that's kind of what the band was. And yeah, ain't it a I trip too? When the scene is kind of small, that almost everybody's in each other's bands. Oh yeah, I I'm kind of notorious for that. There's, there's well, because it there's seems people... like uh, you were joining bands, but this is the first time where you wanted to be the put together, the shot call. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was just I had some. You know, I like I like being a tugboat, but every once in a while I want to front something too, kind of thing. Well, life's about taking turns, Brett. Exactly. exactly. There, there's something. Exactly. There's something in the racket called sidemanitis. So these guys start complaining. That's because uh-huh. they've never, you know, what I mean, they never taken the other role. There's a lot right, of different right. ways to collaborate, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been. I feel like I've been in multiple where like a lot of sideman things where it'll be like a mixture where it's just like uh oh i think it should be this but then other times where i'm like uh whatever you want me to play i'll play it uh just and you know i played with like a lot of bands where it's uh they already have everything pre-recorded so i'm like okay that's the bass line that's the drum part just learn that and then play the gig kind of thing 
Which is cool. You're, you're taking the drag. You, absolutely. Because if you ask me, if you're always the boss, there's stuff you're not going to learn. Yeah. Exactly. I know that's, that's what society way. tells you. That's the goal, to be the boss. But not for, for a full classroom life, no. you got to take turns. Exactly. I feel like I've even recently, like, probably, like, joined bands that I guess, like, style-wise aren't as much my cup of tea. But then I'm like, I want to learn. I want to see what this side of it is yeah, and, like, yeah. just be a part of it and then just gather more and more, like, experience in different areas kind of thing. Yeah. I, I want to play Faded History before you fade into history. <laughs> Yeah. 
this solo over that last song? Could you see some overdubs? Sister, welcome to the studio, gang. So here's how it works. Just tell me when I'm when you're rolling, I guess. Okay. Cool. Rolled. That was you're gonna put that over the the We're solo at the end, right? Yeah, yeah.
<laughs> what? <laughs> in a certain way, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Faded History, live secret guess. And then uh, Chico Raros from uh, Barcelona with Nietos de Doruti, uh, Galaxy. Okay, what are you doing during the locket? These motherfuckers recorded eight albums, okay? So I don't want to hear anybody complain about being bored. <laughs> they live out in the <laughs> desert here, Raquel and uh, Jared. And eight albums in the last a couple months. It's crazy. Okay, so <laughs> Heaven Channel Season 1, LP4. This was the fourth. Henry Kaiser, he can't go to, you know, he usually works down in Antarctica for a few months every year, but because of the situation, he, he uh, can't go. So first you fall in love with Antarctica, and then it breaks your heart. <laughs> and finally, Secret Guest doing the Endless Desert version of Decimated Dreamland number two. Yep. And so... How's it working out with the secret guest? Well, kind of, we're kind of more or less. Uh, well, we're of course we're on hiatus now because of all the quarantine sure. and everything. But um, the other gu main guitarist, he kind of got burnt out. He actually joined uh, Dear Blanca for a second, and he was kind of doing my thing where he joined uh, way too many bands. And he he, he said it was like he was kind of like, ah, oh, this isn't starting to get not fun anymore. So these actually the live recordings I sent you were kind of. Well, they're supposed to be the last two shows he played, and then we've played, like, a couple of shows since. So he kind of quit, but then he's also recently been like, ah, I kind of miss it now. Maybe we can do it again. But um, but the, I, the, the secret guest moniker means anybody can take this cat's place. Exactly. <laughs> Just has That's to be actually, secret. <laughs> it's actually, and he's even said that. He's like, I don't know what's so special about me. Just get any old guitarist in there and you'll be good <laughs> so I'm, I'm working i'm working on figuring that out i'm like kind of record like recording some demos at home i mean i'm not doing eight albums but uh <laughs> try trying to get there but um working on that and then maybe once uh shows happen again maybe reforming and with a different p i've had some people like what about oh, recording okay, by trading guess. files over the internet i've been meaning to do that i actually I don't own a, a computer right now, so I've been just working with a four track, but I think I can figure out. You know, these smart things, uh, this guy, Barry Burko in Tel Aviv made a whole album on an iPhone. Yeah, I heard about that. And I know he was I using the virtual instruments. Yeah, well, there you go. I guess. But they yeah, come, I, I think they come with GarageBand, so you can record analog shit, too. Yep, I've actually I have it on my phone, so I've worked a little bit with that. So and actually, because that's a pewter, actually, that's probably got more computing power that they used to put the guy on the moon in 1969. <laughs> I, yep, in the in the palm of your hand. That's right. So you can do. Where can people find you on the internet, Brett? Man, I I've been listening to the show, and I I tried to find a domain name and Word, I, WordPress I'm working on it. WordPress. <laughs> Go to WordPress.com. Uh, okay, WordPress. Okay, cool. That's you can get you can I... get a website for free there. WordPress.com. There you go. Because I think I went to a different site and I went. I tried. I looked at secretguest.com. It was like this will. Even though I went to the website itself and nothing was there, it was just like this will cost three thousand dollars. Yeah, they they're get. called squatters. They're motherfuckers. I had to buy my yep. name. Asshole. So I'm gonna find a. I'll find a workaround name. Well, for now, if you do it for like WordPress, it'd be like uh, secretguest.wordpress.com. Okay, yeah. So I'm something like that. that. In, in, in the meantime, you know. So look for that in the future. But um, yeah. for now, like Bandcamp, secretguest.bandcamp.com okay. is probably your best bet. Still, that's where there's music. I love the Bandcamp people because 
nobody like them ever gave part of the monies like these guys. Right, exactly. Then they're like giving back. They have like these like occasional Fridays since like That's right. the quarantine started where they're like, we're not even taking any of the money. It's all That's going right. straight to the right. band. Uh, so they're, they're trying. They're trying. Big respect to band camp. Nothing like the old uh, My Waste of Space place or the fake look. Or... Look, right. uh, what, what would be your advice to somebody getting into music? Um. Uh. Well... Let's see. From your experience. Uh, from my experience, like, for instance, if I could uh, talk to 13-year-old me, yeah. I, I feel like I had a big problem with being like, well, I need to, like, learn the right way to do music. I need to, like, learn all this. And I, I feel like the more I learn, there's ways you're, quote, unquote, supposed to do it, but there's really no right or wrong way. Just do what feels right to you and then and let and just put that out there and not toil around being like, overthinking be like am i supposed to do this or am i supposed to do this because that was what i was doing all the time and i wish i didn't that sounds like uh, you were feeling the weight of peer pressure yeah more more or less like what that there's my other advice though don't even worry about what other people do whatever right. feels right to you and not oh, oh no i think i know what you're saying your own expectations to let go of those because you don't know yet exactly exactly oh, yeah. that's great advice Big honor. Look, when you get into mode with operating with your Charleston Cats here and I get the new album out, will you come back on the show and we'll play every song and talk about it? I would be honored. That sounds okay. great. Thank you, Brett. Okay, people, it's been July 13, 2020 edition of Wap Pedro. So keep your powder dry. <laughs>